Welcome to the Kingdom Talk Podcast. This is episode eight, and today's special guest is Pastor Erica Lopez. In this episode, we are going to talk about a variety of different topics, but one pertaining to the Outpour Project. The Outpour Project is a ministry that is opening up very soon in the city of Dunkirk, and I want her to share her heart with us and let us know what was the vision, the dream, and the mission for this ministry. This is the Kingdom Talk Podcast. You are tuned to the Kingdom Talk Podcast, where we talk kingdom and play the best of kingdom music. This is David with the Kingdom Top Podcast. Today we have my pastor, Pastor Erica Lopez. Uh, so she is uh, one of the founders of the Outpour Project. So it's uh, her and her son, Pastor Sammy Beato. And uh, so we're going to go ahead into that. So at this moment, we just want to make sure that uh, with the launching of the Outpour Project, that we are bringing clarity as to what the program entails. Um, and at any point, if you do decide that you want to sponsor, the link will be up on this video as well. If you uh, feel that God is tugging at your heart to give and be a part of what God is doing in the city of Dunkirk. All right. So here we have Pastor Erica Lopez. Um, and uh, so she I met her probably about 15 years ago. Yep. Yeah, roughly about 15 <laughs> years ago, and uh, before she went to California, and we were a part of the Brick uh, Ministry under, uh, well, for, well, foremost under Pastor Jed, uh, who was the head pastor of Gethsemane, and then under lead or under the youth pastor, Pastor Matt Grant, um, and then she felt led to go to California, and uh, came back as an ordained pastor, and ever since it's just been a great move. And it's been an honor to be under her and just learning and serving and just doing what God has called her to do in this region. Uh, so we're going to open up the floor for Pastor Erica and just let her talk more about herself. That way uh, we get to know more about her. And uh, here we go. Well, me and my me and my husband came back here from California to um, to do ministry. And thankfully, we've been so blessed to to just um, see a great move of God in this region. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't our idea to come back here. It was a God idea, but we went ahead and said yes to the call, and, and here we are. My, my husband has been a great part of this. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do the ministry that I do do. He's, he, does, he covers all the ends behind the scenes, and, and, and he leads our children, and, and he does so much in the ministry. And, um, so I just want to honor him, Pastor Menno, um, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing all that we do. Um, so the the Outpour Project has 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 been born. It's a it's a dream that I always had. I, I always had um I always had an amazing dream for for Dunkirk when I lived there. The Lord had spoke to me early on in ministry about um about just the poverty mindset in the region. And it, it wasn't only for Dunkirk, but for the region. I believe that, that we are serving the county, Chautauqua County and, and whole. And I believe from this county, we, we will touch the nations to do great and mighty things. Um, the Outpour started through, through my son, Pastor Sammy. He is Outpour East. So he runs, um, he had, that's his name. That's, that's officially his name for music. And, and you can follow him and you could hear a little bit more about his, um, what God is doing in his life, and he's got a great testimony. Um, but the Outpour, Outpour project itself um, was something that, that was birthed in a, in a, in a, in a time of uh, a season of trial, a season of, um, of us not being sure what we were gonna do. Um, we, we, been, we came here to, to plant a satellite church, which was an amazing move of God, and I believe it was, it was exactly where God needed us for the time that he, he had us there. Um, and from there, we, we, we decided that we were no longer gonna be a part of the satellite church. 
And with that being said, we were going to start what we call the Outpour Project. But that wasn't that simple because we had a lot of people that, um, that actually attended church, that depended on church, that depended on, on their Sunday services. And, and um, so we, we thought that it was the right thing to continue to do church on Sundays. And, and we were blessed with Pastor Mike Lasaric from Family Church who found us in that season of not being sure what we were gonna do and we were just praying for a miracle from God and and he allowed us to use his church that was empty. So that was a, an amazing season. And that season also has come to an end. Um, the, the building is, is up for sale and they're, sending, they're selling this building and, and which, which I, I believe, I'm hoping that whoever gets it will be so blessed because this is a, a powerful place to be. Um, but before I left, to, we, we left on a missions trip to Africa, and on our way back, we were, we were told that the building was being seen, that a, um, a bid was put in for the building, and there's, there's certain people that are interested in the building. And I really felt led at that moment to pray, pray to see what God was going to do, because we had already found, found a place that we can do our community outreach in Dunkirk. And... Um, I want to tell you a little bit, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Outpour Project and, and what the Outpour Project is, It's you know, and what the Lord has showed us. Um, we, I have, I, I, I really feel, me and my team, because we all have been knitted so well together in this, we really feel that there's, there's a need for people that are hurting, a, a need for people who, who just want to feel accepted, who just want to be loved not so much want to attend church, not so much want to be a part of a church move, but, but a, a people that, that just need help. They need, they need healing. They need life skills. They need guidance. Um, they need discipleship, and they need inner healing that I believe can be done through more of, um, of a place where they can gather. Um, so the Lord had put on our heart a while back about um, putting together a gathering and we were trying to make cafes and we were trying to do things so people could gather because it's just it's just it's just where we felt that we belonged in, in that family atmosphere where people could feel welcomed and people could feel loved and so when we what the outpour project is going to be it's going to be a lounge it's going to be a lounge setting um, it's we're, we're, we've we're not going to take church chairs we're, we're going to make it into a lounge setting a place where people could come and gather and, and feel loved. We're also going to run um, recovery outreach. Um, there, there is, there is a great need. I believe that whatever the need is in your community, that's what you should be doing. You know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to start something from scratch. If there's a need, let's fill the needs. So the need in in, in our community, I believe, is is that there's a great need for recovery. Um, people have have tried many times and have not been successful. The the main thing that I hear a lot is that they don't want to go to church because they've been hurt with the church. And, and we all know that that's probably an excuse we've all made once or another that we've gotten hurt at church. We get hurt everywhere. You probably get hurt at the bar too. <laughs> that's just, people hurt people. And, and I, I, I believe though that if we can find a place outside of the church walls where we could actually build a ministry with the churches in the area, there's a lot of ministries. There's a lot of churches in, in Chautauqua County, a lot. And I've been blessed to be able to work with a lot of different churches in, in our county and amazing pastors who have great vision, have great calls. And 
so with the Outpour Project, that's what we, we're going to be able to become a place where, where people could come together and we could all work together in the community to, to find the needs and help. And that being said, we've been, um, we've also been very blessed to, to have a lot of children under our wing who come and, and are looking for guidance, are looking for that father, um, mother figure, brother, big brother, big sister figures. And, and um, so in, that's, that's going to be a big part of the Outpour Project as well, that we could launch um, what we would call Kingdom Kids. So Kingdom Kids, what that would be, it would be a whole day where they get to gather, where they get to learn, where they get to, to just be loved by our leaders and and they can come hang out with us during the week. Um, during the summer, we plan on doing lots of outreach, lots of events, opening it up so kids could come have snacks um, and, and fellowship with us and tell us what they're going through because the truth is our children in our community are really going through stuff. And um, that's, that's what it is. It's just gonna be a place where we can gather. And um, I, I, you know, I wanted to share this morning when I was praying and I was praying about this and I, I continue to ask the Lord to give us direction with this ministry that we can, it's almost like when Noah had to build the ark that he, God told him exactly where, to, what wood to use, the size and the colors and everything, what, you know, and that's what, what, what we've been praying for, that God tells us exactly what to do, that it's not our doing, it's not our great idea. It's, it's just him. It's just him breathing life into our community. And um, as, I, as I began, I called my son earlier today and, and we've, been, we've been working on putting together the vision and the mission and everything that Outport Project is gonna be. And um, I heard the Lord clearly say to me this morning that Outport Project is Sammy. And when I said, I, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, I know he's Outport East, the name, you know, but you know, as, as he told me that, I, 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 began, I, heard, I, I, I heard the verse that says, you are a new creation in Christ. And when my son got saved, my son wasn't raised in, in the church. He wasn't raised, um, he, doesn't know, he didn't know the church lingo and the, and the church, you know, get up and what, you, how you're supposed to act at church. Actually, his first experience in church was coming in with a hat and getting it ripped off because he wasn't supposed to be wearing a hat in church. So he, he, he never had that, um, that upbringing. So it was, it was awesome watching God transform his life because he didn't fit any mold. Um, and when, when I heard that, I really felt the Lord breathe that on this, on this ministry, that that is what we're gonna be. We're gonna be a new creation in Christ. We're gonna raise up people to be new creations in Christ. That means they're not gonna fit the normal mold. So the people who are gonna come in and, and we're, gonna, we're gonna teach them how to become who God created them to be, not for them to be who we created them to be, not for them to fit inside this perfect mold of what we want them to look like. Um, and that's where I, I, I just felt, I even felt so, so emotional because I, I thought of so many people that we minister to now that we so easily could try to make them a part of this mold. Like this is what you're supposed to look like. This is how you're supposed to talk. And we, we, we want people to look and that it's not a bad thing. I don't think anybody does it in a bad way. Cause I think it's so easily for me to probably do that at times. Um, it's not a bad thing, but I believe Jesus came to break the mold. The, 
you know, the scripture is clear and it doesn't, it doesn't need anything to add to it or take away from it. Um, and that's what I want to do. That's what I believe I want to raise up people to do, to, to just minister the cross, talk about what Jesus did, love people, encourage people, build people up, um, teach them how to, how, to, how to receive their healing through the power of God. And not so much that this is how they need to look or this is how they need to act or, or, or this is what it's supposed to look like. And, and I think that's what, what ends up happening to many of us. Um, we come to Christ and, and we, we just don't fit in. We, we try so hard to fit in a certain way and, and I, I believe we were never called to fit in. We're, we were called to be different. We're not of this world. We're, we're, we're not of this world and, and we're not supposed to look like the world and we're not supposed to look like the church. The, the church, I believe, that we are supposed to look like is, the, is Christ. That is the church. That's the body. The body of Christ is who we're supposed to look like. And, and I think we've somehow made this into the different denominations and the different things, which isn't bad. None of it is bad. I'm not saying any of it is bad. I believe everybody has their own call and their own vision to follow. But this is our vision. This is what we're going to follow, that we are going to raise up people, unchurched people, to be a part of the body of Christ. Now, kind of touching back on Sammy, what I do like about Sammy's story is that uh, even though he is or was new, you know, to the church and whatnot, because like you said, he didn't grow up in it, but his story is still just like the prodigal son, you know? Um, and I know that that's one of the biggest things that he talked about, especially when we went to Winterfest, was that when he... Uh, uh, it, it was based on the prodigal son of a, a praying mother uh, that brought his son, the son back to salvation. Um, so I know when you shared your story, uh, you mentioned times where you really had to be stern in your, your walk with Christ, that you had to put it above your children in order for your children to, uh, to, to be restored. Uh, so what would you say to the mother or the father that is going through that with their children? I mean, for me, I, I, I think the, the biggest thing is, is we, we, have to, we have to do what God says for us to do. Um, and and I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm either all in or I'm not. <laughs> you know, there's no um, halfway. If I, if I dedicated myself to the world, I was good at the world. I was good at what I did in the world. And when I gave my life to Christ, I realized that this had to look different. And my biggest, my biggest the way I, I always seen this and the reason why I didn't want to be a part of the church and I didn't want to be a part of what I seen was that I was one of those that was hurt with the church that um that you know you 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 preach one thing and and you live another you know you you say you tell your kids not to do something but yet you're doing it or, or yet you're okay with someone else doing it in front of you and and so it was just um when when I gave my life to Christ um and that was 12 years ago. I gave my life to Christ. I had I had received the Lord early on when I was a child. And, but when I gave my life to Christ at this time, it was one of those commitments that I made to God that that I was really tired. I was really depressed. I was really broken. And um, and I decided that I wanted to do everything according to His blueprint, which is not easy. None of us are perfect, but. But if God says don't do it, you just don't do it. If God says to do it like this, you do it like that. That type of thing. And when I went in and, and I gave my life to the Lord, I, 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 received, I, I received the Holy Spirit. And, and for three days, I actually, I, I cried. I, I couldn't stop crying. It was three days. I, I couldn't come out of my room. I was a mess. And I, 
I didn't know what I was experiencing, but I knew that I was not the same. And I just kept crying out to God that, that I, he needed to show me what I had to do next. And after the third day was when I kind of got radical in my zeal in my house. And <laughs> I tell you, it's not an easy thing when you, you know, you, you go for three days to becoming a whole other person and you expect everyone to actually change in your house in three days as yeah. well. <laughs> so that was kind of my, my testimony and my story. So I, all of a sudden, my son's not allowed to have his girlfriend over no more. You know, you're not allowed to drink here. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. That's it. We're not doing none of that. God is, is the God of this house and everything changes as of today. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend for parents to do it. It's just the way God worked in me. And from that day forward, I, I, I decided that I wanted my children to see what the Bible, what the Bible really said in me. Not so much that I was gonna tell them what they needed to do and not do. I, I wanted to become this person. And I think th it took many years. It didn't happen overnight. It, it took lots of crying. And, and I mean, there was times I, I literally would go in the bathroom and, and, and bite on, on the towel so I wouldn't like, you know, say the things I wanted to say. And, and the Lord had to teach me how to be patient, how to, how to begin to, to love them through their mess. And, you know, I raised these kids and now I, I, I'm telling them that everything I've taught them, it's different now. We're about to change. And I think that's what a new creation in Christ is. I, I think that we can't continue to tolerate the old life and expect our children to live the new one. Um, it's hypocritical and, and like I said, no one's perfect, but we have to do the best we can. I got to a place where my, my I remember my daughter would tell me every time I messed up, if I said something I shouldn't say or I, I cursed by mistake, she'll say, oh, I thought you were a Christian, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I would go and I would cry and repent and say, Lord, I'm, you know, she's, she's seen that I would, you know, fight and scream at my husband and my kids was, you know, would say something. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not that godly wife. So I, I think I, I, I made, I raised my accountability up here really quick. And it's not, it's not a bad thing when we do that because what we do is we're, we're changing the standard in our home and our family. So, so for your question, moms, I believe that if you're gonna, if you're gonna serve the Lord, if, if dads, if you're gonna serve the Lord, you have to be a demonstration of who you say you are. You can't, you know, I've, I grew up with people who their fathers did heroin and, and they would shoot up in front of them and then tell them, hey, don't ever do this. And usually those kids end up being drug addicts, whether it's the drug, same drug of choice. But, you know, we tell our kids, you don't steal, don't ever steal, but you steal. And, and so we, we end up having, and my son shares that testimony uh, a couple of times where, where he became exactly who he didn't want to be. And that was us. He, he began to do what we do and what we told him not to do, but yet we were living, you know? So I, I, it's important that whatever choice we make, to stick to it to stick to it and and then you'll see the fruit of it that's good um now i can say that one thing that i've seen growth in um you know serving underneath you and learning from you is definitely in my marriage um especially when we went through the the marriage classes that you were doing every sunday um i've grew a lot i've learned a lot more about marriage i, le I learned more about me my wife did the same thing about her um and i know that i guess because i knew you guys for some time 
to see kind of the transition as to where your marriage was to what it is now it, it also became an encouragement to me so what is the best step for a, a married couple that is struggling to take well you know i i mean i can speak for myself um the biggest thing is that we 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 get into relationships and and i believe we we many of us come into relationships already unhealthy already hurting um expecting things that a lot of our spouses probably can't even give us if they wanted to because it's just not what they have I, like perfect example is i i was raised with my dad all my life and and my dad when the milk was half empty he went and got a new milk you know when the bread was half empty he went and got a new bread so when i got married i expected my husband when the bread was half so i can't believe you don't care about us and you can't even go buy a loaf of bread you know but but you know I, I wasn't just taught those things. I, I, I had, you know, when I came into my relationship with Christ, the Lord began to teach me and, and, and he's still teaching us both every day. But one thing that, that we've learned is that, that um, we, we can't expect things from each other. We can't expect each other to read each other's mind. Um, you know, it's just, I, I expect you to know my shoe size. And when you don't know my shoe size, I get hurt. It's like, you know, and it's foolish. It's, it really is foolishness. And, and we have to, first searching ourselves with the Lord. And we come from different upbringings. We come from different places in our life. And we've been through different struggles. Um, so now you put two people together and you tell them to go ahead and do life together, you know? And and here we go, um, we don't really know each other till we move in, you know, we say these great, you know, vows and till death do us part and through sickness and we didn't expect our spouses to get sick. We didn't expect, you know, to lose our homes. We didn't expect for these huge mistakes that sometimes are one of the spouses make we, we don't expect these things we don't expect for our children to, to to give us a hard time you know if we we're doing the best we can to raise them and so i think it's it's definitely day, daily living in the present with god and um and allowing him to search our hearts and analyzing our ourselves instead of our spouses because it's so easy to see the wrong in everything everybody does and and not see what we're doing wrong and, and we're 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 not being compassionate so it's it's marriage is important and if you have to live your life with someone for the rest of your life i had to make a decision i either wanted to be miserable forever or i want to be happy but it's actually going to be my choice and we're married we're doing life together forever and you know, we, we argue, we, we, we laugh, we, we have our differences. I say things are, he jokes around, but if when I say something's blue, he says it's gray. We're totally the opposite from each other. And, you know, we've learned, though, to forgive each other quickly. Um, we could be really mad at each other, and within two minutes, we're laughing again. So that's key. It's, it's getting past things quickly and, and putting God as the center of your it doesn't mean you're not going to have, you're not going to, we're not looking for a perfect marriage. We're looking for a godly marriage where we forgive each other, we love each other, and we help each other. And that's what we're looking for. Amen. So um, I know one of the biggest questions that I'm sure you, you run into a lot is my husband is not getting this thing. Like, I'm serious about God, but he's not. Or my wife's serious about God, but he's not. Um, and I know for sure this is something that you went through, and a lot of people go through it. Um, and, of course, when you went through um, the process of healing, that was one of the biggest, that was the one thing that you had to face. 
so what would you say is like what is the challenge and, and what is the, the the right way to go about when you're dealing with a spouse that doesn't you know that's not where you're at you know i guess in a sense of of uh, a commitment with with god well i could tell you two things that really um spoke to me and and really changed my my thoughts on this one is i heard um i heard uh a podcast one time and I heard the mom was looking out and she was looking at the sunset and the sun was so beautiful and she was looking at it and she kept telling the kids to look look at the sun and she was yelling at them because they weren't looking at the sun they weren't paying attention and and by the third time she yelled at them they told her they said I can't see the sun because your head is in the way and when I heard that, that really spoke volumes to me because I, I started realizing that I, I was being the one to continue to tell my husband how he needed to live and, and what he needed to do. And as spouses, we already do that. Obviously, I still do that, you know, but, but um, we, you know, we, we try to help each other and guide each other and also tell each other what to do. But, um, but I was trying to walk the, I wanted him to, to feel what I was feeling. I wanted him to experience what I was experiencing. And at the same time, I was realizing that my walk with God and his walk with God is very different. And, and when we started realizing that he's the puzzle piece that I'm missing, and without that puzzle piece, I can't feel, finish the puzzle. So he wasn't a thorn in the ministry, as I saw him. Like, you know, if you could just get out the way, maybe I could get more done, you know. He was, he's actually the missing piece. And he was the missing piece that I needed to fulfill what um what needed to be done um the second thing that at this point we were going through a really hard time and we were already in ministry for a while he was in ministry and things started getting really hard in our marriage i felt like instead of getting the more we hung out with married couples that were so amazing we realized that geez i'm my life is a mess like you know i'm never gonna fit these into this class i'm never gonna be like these people and and I, you know, and we had some pretty amazing people we were looking up to. And I remember one day I was at church and, and um, my bishop's brother, who, who has now passed, his wife was there. And I just loved, I, I loved her so much. And as I was talking to her, I remember her husband was, was wild and funny and crazy and, and pretty much didn't fit the mold. But I asked her, I said, what, you know, what, what did you do? what did you do with, with, with your life? And she said, the, the day I fell in love with my husband was the day I realized that he was never going to be the cookie cutting type of guy. And I kept trying to make him that guy, but that's not the guy I married. The guy I married was the guy that was funny, crazy, embarrassing. You know, that's the man I fell in love with. And now here we go years later, I'm trying to make him into a cookie cutting type of guy when he's, that's never who he was and it's not who he is. And our biggest fights is that I'm trying to make him someone I didn't, I never even fell in love with, you know? So that was a big deal. I tell you that, I think that that word that, that I don't know if she even knows that, you know, that she changed my life when she said that because I went home and I realized, man, God help me. Why do I keep trying to change him when I was I always found his his embarrassing jokes funny, you know, and and now I, I'm like, can you please behave for five minutes? We're about around the pastors, you know, so 
realizing that that's what makes him who he is and that's who I fell in love with so that's a big deal and that's why because he is that the funny the crazy and the embarrassing <laughs> guy you know and I, he, he he has a good sense of humor he, he's just a funny dude great heart ready to give when um, you know if, if he feels where you know he's always ready to, to fill the gap that that's missing you know and, and that's what I love about about Pastor Mendel he's He's a great guy. Um, on top of he's also teaching me how to do constructions, which is another <laughs> great thing. Um, so I know that one of the biggest things that I know is is in your heart is dealing with, with um, uh, people that need to be recovered, uh, whether it's addiction, whether um, it's identity. Uh, I know you have a big heart for bringing back people. Allow, let me find the right question. I know you have a heart to get people to know who they are in Christ, who they are as a new creation. Um, and where did that stem from? Where did that heart come from where you wanted to see people restored and, and find that they're, they're a way to, to God and, and know who they are? Better is to see us well. And, and I believe as, as, a, as a mom and, and I found myself in, in a really bad place in my life. And... I, I was always raised, and, and I was raised that pretty much if you smoked weed, you were a crackhead to me. I, I was the most square person when it came to drugs. I, I didn't, I was very sheltered. I grew up very sheltered. I, I wasn't around drugs and alcohol, and I, I wasn't allowed to really do none of that or be around anybody who did that. And um, when I got to be about 14 years old, I, I got caught up with people in my life, and that's all I seen. And... Then I, 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 was, I got married to someone who did the same thing. They, they began to shelter me and keep me from all those things. And, you know, no matter what he did, and, and he never allowed me to experience those things. And I, I'm, I'm my, my husband now, I, I'm married for the second time. I was divorced. I got married when I was 14 years old. And I had my son, Pastor Sammy, at a very young age. And I was with his father for 10 years, and we had my, my daughter. And then I... When, when I was divorced, I, I stayed by myself for a while, and I didn't get remarried for, an, for another couple of years, but um, that time that I, I was by myself, I, I started experiencing life at another level, and I was almost like, I'm free, you know? We got, my parents can't tell me what to do now, my husband can't tell me what to do now, and I can just have fun and do whatever I want. And, and that's when I began, here I am now, a, 22 year old girl trying to experience life for the first time and trying to experience the streets and and started drinking partying hanging out and and one thing led to the other and by the age of 30 I, I was full-on addicted to to opiates and taking lots of lots of medicine lots of pills popping pills every way that I can and drinking and and just partying and and at this point my 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 home was so unhealthy um, as much as my kids till this day say they, they never even knew, I managed to hide it and live this life that was a lie. I, you know, and I had a beautiful car, I had a beautiful house, and, but yet I was a mess. I was a mess and I wanted, I wanted to die because I couldn't believe where I ended up. I worked so hard raising my son, raising my family to have all the things I had and, and here I am spiraling out of control this person that I never should have become and um, I had no control of my life and 
and who do I tell? I, I, you know, my, everyone saw me as a good girl, a girl who, who had a good life, had a good job. So little by little, I, I spiraled to the point that if I'd rather be dead than for anyone to find out who I am. And I feel like a lot of people get to that place where if you take this mask off, um, this ain't, the person that you see is not real, really the person. And that's who I was. No one knew who I really was, except probably two or three of my friends, you know? And I tried to commit suicide. Um, I remember my husband had left to work one night and he had told me not to, not to take no more pills, not to mess around, not to party, just go to sleep. And um, it was around, I, I would say around eight, nine o'clock at night. And, and my mind was just going and going and I, I was in desperate need and I, I said, well, I need to make a call and I need to get some drugs. And I did, I, I got pills and, and after I got high, I felt so bad. I was like, now I'm lying to, the, to my husband. I'm lying to the one I party with. I, you know, like he's my partner in crime and how now he's telling me I've, I've, I'm completely out of control. And I, it, it was Satan himself I felt that night that spoke to me and said, well, you might as well just kill yourself. And, and I drank a whole bottle of pills. I, um, I drank a whole bottle of Ambien, a whole bottle of hydrocodone, and I washed it down with some rum. <laughs> and I shouldn't be here today, but by the grace of God, I'm still alive. And, and when my husband found me in the morning, he found me laid out with two empty bottles of pills and he pleaded to the Lord that if I um, came to life, mind you, my husband was not a Christian man and wasn't born and raised in the church, but at that moment, I think that's all he knew. Like only God can save her. And he held me in his arms and he says it was about two o'clock in the afternoon when I woke up. And he, and that day after that, we decided we were gonna change our life. He didn't call anybody, he didn't tell anybody. He didn't, you know, no one knew of the story until I, you know, shared my testimony years later. But that, after that was when I gave my life to the Lord. After that was when I had that crazy experience with the Holy Spirit. And I really feel like the Lord showed me that those people that I just looked at as crackheads, those people I just looked at as dope addicts, those people I just looked at as drunks, they're humans. And they're humans that, um, that many of them have gotten to this place that they never asked to be. You know, um, I, we deal with so many people who've been molested, who've been raped, who've been, who've been hurt, so damaged since they were children. And, and here we are now telling them how they're supposed to live, but yet they don't have the answers. And God had put inside of me this crazy compassion. And I know it's the Father's heart because there's no way you can love people that much when they're when you look at them and they're a mess and they're lying to you in your face they're you know they're people that take from you mess up on you there's no way you could actually see the good in people like that unless it's the father the father's heart so so i think that i i got there through my own life experiences showing me not to judge people because i don't know their story and and that's where our, that's where our, my ministry began it began on the streets and while others were feeding and giving clothes, I wanted to sit down with people and hear their story. And once you start listening to people's stories and you actually listen to their story, it changes your heart how you see them in the now. 
and you realize what brought them to this place and how can we fix it how can we if 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 you if you can realize that that this is not who you really are you got here because of pain you got here because of mistakes you got here because of regrets but it's not who you really are and once we can take that mask off of the fake life you're living because the life you're living is the fake one you know the one you're portraying to be i believe is the real one you know so um that's where the compassion came i think it came from my own story my own brokenness and more than anything the holy spirit yeah um as a as a former first responder um i joined the i joined the fire department around the time where uh, the op- op- opioid crisis was was coming on the climb was was starting to um, become a thing and and we've we've uh, uh we've gave narcan to people anywhere from the age of 15 to the age of you know 30 and every one of those things were um were all common they were all found by their parents and you saw their hurt and the pain in, in, in the eyes of their parents. Um, and then I think we only had one where uh, he was already deceased by the time we got there and his girlfriend was the one that found him. So one th- and, and then what I'll see is that most of these guys have seen so much things over the years that they lost compassion. And they'll say, oh, this is just another junkie that's gonna go. But in, in me, I couldn't find a thing like that. Like it would literally hurt me when I see the eyes of the parents. Um, and there was one in particular where this kid, um, we, I saw him the second time that he, he overdosed and then we're responding for the third time. There's nothing we can do to bring him back. He was gone. And then you saw the, the, the look in his dad's eyes that were just lost, lost. So it's, it's good that we're doing this just cause I, I got to see that side. I also got to see the people that lost compassion over the time. Uh, so I'm glad that I'm a, I'm, I'm a part of um, this mission that, you, that you're on and, and just to, you know, be on this side of it, of being able to bring hope instead of giving Narcan and, and chest compressions and stuff. So um, um, this is, I'm, I'm, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so right now we're going to go ahead and close it because I know we got some things to do. <laughs> so um, I just want to give the floor to you for you to share your heart um, and then just close us out in prayer. And that's pretty much everything we spoke about is is what the Outpour Project is going to be. It's what it is. It's not going to be. It's the ministry is already starting. We just have a place to meet now. Um, But the ministry itself is 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 just that, that um, that there's needs, there's needs and there's real needs. It's not it's not something that Jesus came to win the lost. Jesus came um, to find us in, in our mess and to take us out. He wasn't looking for the perfect person. He wasn't looking for the smartest person. And when he picked his, um, his disciples, he picked different people, different types of people. But the truth is they all had issues. You know, maybe one, you know, one, one is, a, is, is a tax collector and the other one's a fisherman. And we're talking about whole different worlds. But um, at the end of everything, there were, there were people who were insecure. There was people who had daddy issues. There were people who had, um, who had pains and and they were living life without Jesus and Jesus came to save the lost and I think that's one thing we have to realize as much as we want to we want to see people change we can't change anyone we can't rescue anyone it's 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 just not what we do but what we can do is that we can be the bridge to the one who can and the one who can i always tell people if you're looking to me for me to save you i can't i i don't have but i do have the answer who can 
Jesus saved my life. Jesus resurrected my life. Jesus healed my child. Jesus healed my husband. Jesus delivered us. Um, and I can really say that he's given us life and he's given us life in abundance. And it's only because we have become dependent on him. Ministry is not something that that you just go to church and, and, and you, you know, it's so easy for us to, to memorize verses and, and go to church on Sunday and, and call ourselves Christians. But a true Christian is a, is a follower of Christ and Christ is out to win the lost. So when we see the orphans that are hungry, there has to be something that happens to us. We went to Africa and and one week after coming back from Africa, we started Outpour Missions and we're, we're, taking, we're, we're sending money to the orphanages of Africa. So, so the need is there and we, we started the ministry and we, we quickly, oh, there was not no blueprint to it. There was just as a need and we're going to fill it and we're going to find a way to help people that are hurting. And, um, and that's what ministry is. Ministry is filling the needs when we see them. It's not, it's not about it's not only about us changing. And I think that's where we can get so caught up, you know? I gotta change, I gotta become better. And, and, and when you become better is when you, become, when you begin to minister to others, when you begin to love others. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna teach people that everything they need is inside of them already. You're not searching for what you need. Once you receive Jesus, you have everything you need. Now you just have to practice it. You have to begin to, to put it into practice. And I believe that's for everyone. That's the message of the gospel, that the, the power of the cross is free. That you don't have to earn it. You don't have to change everything in your life to get it. It's, it's just something you get for free. And once you get it, you begin to put it into practice. And, and many people are not gonna probably agree because because when we, we when we bring people in from the world they don't know the lingo of the church and they're not supposed to and it's probably better if they don't because then they get to experience what god has for them and um and as we pray um, i hope that anyone listening you know the the reason why the outpour project is is it's definitely going to be um it's a non-profit we, we we are under the covering of the church of god um, we are under covering. We have um, the Church of God has blessed us to, to do this project, and we are so blessed to be under their covering. Um, our our administration is covering us and helping us and and teaching us on what we need to do next in our communities. Um, but pretty much the funding um, is going to come from the community. It's going to come from from sponsors. Um, we don't. We, we're not looking into grants right now. That's not. We're not, we, we're not looking into that right now. It's definitely going to be just funded by our faith and by the people who, who want to see a change. So, so we have sponsors right now who have sponsored twenty-five dollars a month, reoccurring, and that's going to help us pay the rent. That's going to help us do the outreach. I can tell you, I have some pretty big dreams, and um, just our kids program right now that we I, I'm dreaming up is is probably going to cost us a couple of thousand dollars to be able to launch and feed the kids and 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 spiritually have them with us all the time is going to be it's going to it's going to cost. But I'm not worried about the finances at this point. I believe that 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 the people that begin to see the work because that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to live the gospel. We're not going to just talk about it. We're not just going to keep on asking for money. 
we're gonna be the gospel and i believe that the community is gonna sponsor and pour into this project and it's we're gonna do it together the churches of the county the people of this county are gonna are gonna we're gonna do it together so i mean we can just close out in prayer and and i just hope that if anybody heard this message and and needs help if anyone needs help um david is an amazing amazing person that can help you and disciple you and and I, I, we, me and my husband trust him with our lives. He's, he's been, he's, him and his wife are amazing. So we have amazing leaders in our ministry, Pastor Tyler. Um, we have some, some amazing leaders that are ready and willing to help, to help those that are hurting. And if you feel more comfortable with another, that's fine. None of us are here to, to you know, whatever you feel comfortable with, we wanna help you. And you don't have to be, a, the, the awesome thing is you don't have to be a part of our church for us to help you. You don't have to be a part of our church for you to reach out to us because you need recovery or you need marriage counseling or you need your child to be counseled. Um, we will do that and then you go back to your church. Um, we wanna help the community. We wanna be a community outreach where you're not a member of our church. You're a member of our family. And that's what the Outpour Project is, that we are a family of the body of Christ. And that's why we help each other. So Father, I thank you, God, for this opportunity to share, to share your word, God, with your people. And Father, I pray that you continue to bless this podcast, God, that it can go through the airways, God, and, and whatever it is that people need, whatever they need as to be strengthened in God, that you use this, Lord, to speak to your children. And Father, if there's someone who's heard something today that has, has that you've spoken to them, that you've spoken to their heart, I pray, Father, that you move in their life. Holy Spirit, that you heal and you restore any brokenness. That if, if, if they need help in their marriage, God, you are the healer, you are the restorer, you are the one that teaches us to be better. If we need help to overcome addictions, lies, sin of this world, God, you are the healer, you are the one who's taken on every part of this. So Father, I pray that you raise up people to walk beside your children and that we can be the ones, Lord, to, to guide and help and that everyone that hears this today, God, will be blessed, will be healed, will be restored because Jesus, you are, you are the healer, you are the restorer and you are the lifter of our head. So I pray right now that if you heard this message and if you give your life to Jesus Christ, wherever you are, you don't need to come to a church and come to the to the altar at the end of service. Right now, wherever you are, you can say, Jesus, come into my heart. I need a fresh start. I need you to fill me with your spirit and I need you to change my life. And then find yourself a place where you can learn the word of God. But I pray that you hear the word today. You give your life to Jesus. And if you've already given your life to Jesus and maybe your life is just not being restored, it's not changing, then I believe that the spirit of the living God is going to come upon you today and teach you and guide you the way you should go. So be blessed and thank you for listening. And I pray that God touches your heart in a special way today. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. So again, this is Pastor Erica. Um, and I hope that you guys were blessed by this podcast. Um, I hope that everything that she was able to share with you today will either resonate 
or will literally start to just shake at your core um, and want to urge for change. Uh, also even urge you to want to be a part of what the Outport Project is and to help serve the community. Um, she is open to allowing other people who, who, who truly follow Christ uh, to be a part of this mission, to save a city, to save those that are lost for the common mission of bringing those to Jesus Christ and to restore the people that God has um, placed on our hearts. Uh, so uh, we will have the link for sponsorship on the uh, description for both the podcast and the video on YouTube. And uh, if you do feel like you want to give a reincurring uh, gift, uh, we, that'll be greatly appreciated. If, even if it's a one time, even if it's five, ten, twenty dollars, does not matter. Whatever it is that's on your heart to give, we uh, we'll just say it right now. We appreciate it, and uh, we're either way we're gonna go and um, put foot to the ground and just go for it. Uh, so, guys, be blessed. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. And this is the Kingdom Top Podcast.